Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. And hi, my name's Kay. We will be reading from the book Made for This by Jimmy Allen. Kay, purely devoted. From Galatians 1.10, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Whoa. Well said. Yeah. That is true. The truth is, the fear of greatness originates in the right place, since we usually do struggle to have the right motives. Most of us would love to make a name for ourselves, and we spend a lot of our energy trying but at the same time, try not to look like we are trying. <laughs> we were built for the greatness of God, but left to ourselves, we love being great more than we love making God great. So whether you are building up your own name or you're just too scared to build anything because you don't want to look egotistical, both mindsets are wrong. I have talked to enough of you to know that many of you are sitting on your gifts too. The enemy is subtle and warps truths into lies for us. He tells us we are being humble, responsible, and selfless while we are killing the things God puts us on the planet to do. The things that build his kingdom. We live in a world in love with fame. Almost anyone who works hard enough can find a way to get noticed and make money doing so. Unfortunately, this is true as much in Christendom as it is anywhere. And while it is not our responsibility to judge anyone else's motives, it is very much our responsibility to scrutinize our own. And it's a good ideal to do so daily. While most days I drag my heels and following more public callings, when others start applauding me, all of a sudden I start waving and loving it. We all fight our divided motives every day. <laughs> the key is to fight. So how do we fight? Whether you are building a name for yourself or sitting on the back row hiding so people won't judge you, the answer is the same. We get over ourselves. Flourish. Soon, no name on this earth will matter but one. Not yours, not mine. That one name has asked you to build with him. And who wouldn't trade building sandcastles to get to build something that lasts forever? Paul wrote, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Western mentality has shaped our views of work and success and calling so deeply that it is difficult to shake the idea of pleasing and impressing our people. God is asking us to get over it and shift our thinking. Okay, real quick. I know I sent this out on a group, te group text yesterday. There is an after-school satanic, demonic class. People are speaking up for their beliefs and Satan and there's literally a school program now, an after-school program for those who went to attend the satanic uh, school. I'm really asking everybody to pray for the people who they are trying to bring in. We really have to pray. Was, that on, was it on the news? Or yes, social, it was. Social media? No, it was on the news. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Columbus News, NBC4. I'm like, no way is this happening. I pray not. 
Well, it is because what what they're saying too is everybody has their right to speak their religion. And our religion is Satan. And we have an after school class now. And there's nothing you can do. You have your religion. This is my right. There are, though, it's called Lifeway. And it's actually came to our schools in our areas. It's a Christian organization where they're taking children out of public schools for an hour. And it's usually like their library time or whatever. And um, they're taken to a local church and they're taught about. Good. So no wonder something like that is trying to pop up. Oh, yeah. To fight against it. Mm-hmm. We see big and small. We see secular and Christian. We see size and numbers. We decide what constitutes important work. It feels impossible to sort out motives. It takes so much energy to go around with yardsticks, measuring and comparing and weighing everything. Tim Keller defines meaningful work as taking the raw materials we are given and assembling them in a way that causes other people to flourish. For instance, a gifted composer takes individual notes that alone just sound like noise until she assembles them into something beautiful that causes others to flourish. Authors and artists do the same with words, paint or clay. Now, what about less creative, seemingly more mundane work? A housekeeper takes chaos and assembles order so that others will flourish in that environment. An accountant takes numbers and assembles them so others can pay their taxes and flourish by avoiding prison. Mothers take the raw materials of their children and shape them into people who will one day help others flourish. Good work, hard work, helping others. Those things have always been noble. Those things have always been respected. But the game has changed for us. Somehow we have assembled different scales that weigh titles and incomes and even the amount of sacrifice a particular action requires. Some college students told me that their friends all compare to do the most sacrificial things with their summers. Apparently, it's as if you are sinful if you aren't going to a third world country. We have hijacked the game, measuring worth, with a scale that God did not create. Doing things for the applause of others, we muddy our purposes. Personal fulfillment is fullest when we are involved in something bigger than ourselves, something for the good of others. We can either be looking for our own glory or involved in the master plan, competing for praise or settled on the good of others. What if we took the pieces of our lives no matter what the world says they are worth, and begin to use them to help others flourish for the sake of Christ. All of a sudden, our motives would narrow to contain more of God and others and less of us. Is it so wrong to want to make a big impact with your days here for God? Wow. Embracing thorns. That gut check in our motives can be used for good instead of stopping us in our tracks. I used to watch people in the limelight of ministry with a bit of jealousy. They seemed to be magically using their gifts and seemed so fulfilled, so happy. They appeared to be honoring God and then, as an added bonus, to possess all the respect and admiration. How rewarding, I thought, until 
That light shined on me just a little. In our ministry, scrutiny and opinions have found us. Mm-hmm. Battling Satan, not really a highlight. The juggling, the weight of leading people to God while trying to pull off godly mom and wife and friend and carpool driver. Heavy balls to toss around. See, God has a mean of shaping our motives. He wants our hearts to be pure. He is changing us, humbling us, making our hearts beat for him. Paul told us about a thorn in his flesh from 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. Thorns push us to need God. And as I make my way through my thorns, my motives, I remembered my humanity, my insecurity, my fear, my sin. But I know if it were easier, I'd go looking for the limelight instead of for God. I'm thankful for the thorns that I have. Because, um, you know, I told um, God I have such um addictive personality. You know, like when I smoked, I was kind of like a chain smoker. And if I would have had fame and fortune, I probably would have been one of those people who would have taken pills to to get through it and then sleeping pills to sleep um and in so many ways i really thank him that i was not in the limelight truly because i probably would have killed myself by now just from trying to keep up with life right because of my personality What if we just ran despite of our thorns and our sin and let God straighten us out as we go? We can't wait until our sin is gone before we run or we never will. We have to fight it as we run. I think in 20 years, we will regret more of the things we didn't do than the things we did perfectly. And amen to that. Kay, what are some of the questions you want to ask the audience to think about next week? Have you ever stepped out and done something imperfectly and been really glad you did? Hmm. And what was it like? Imperfectly. Yeah. Can you think of any scales you use to measure worth in the world scales that God did not create? Have you ever weighed a dream on that scale and found it wanting? What do you do right now that helps others flourish? I think you need to smile and just say hi to people and always lift them up and tell them any type of compliment. It would just make them happy and go on. Why do we sit on our gifts? How might embracing our thorns help us? Get up off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kay, what do you want the people to read and reflect next week? Okay, from Galatians 1, 6 through 24, keeping in mind your questions to today's, or your answers to today's questions, how is the Western mentality of work and success or the American dream like a different gospel? In the story Paul told of his origins in verses 11 through 24, how was God glorified? Through a messy and perfect story. After reading the passages, <laughs> consider the answers to these two questions. Who are you, Lord? And what do you want for me?
Thank you for stopping by. We appreciate it. And we will see you next week. Have a blessed week. Thank you.